And just like everyone else, we want to give just a little bit of time for you to come on. I know it's a little early uh, here on the East Coast and probably where Pastor Cher is as well. But nonetheless, we want to make sure we get these interviews in. God bless you. I am Apostle Annette Carswell on a new mission. Listen, God is speaking during pandemic and telling us when to shift and where to go. And this particular assignment is mind boggling for me because I am able to bring you into some of the most uh, potent uh, conversations that I have with women of God across this country. Uh, these are the persons that I walk with, my comrades, the persons that I glean and share and also just remain very centered in my Christian life. And so we are looking at a topic called post-pandemic church the reset and comprehensive, comprehensive, excuse me, information that will help each and every person, whether you're a leader, a member, hear what the Lord is saying to these great women of God, and then you can set yourself accordingly. And as you know, I don't own this music, but it's certainly something that resonates in my spirit. It is apostolic and prophetic ministry. So we're excited to have you come on in. We'll give you just a few more moments. Amen. God bless you. Our numbers are going up. So let's get started. God bless you to my great kingdom, 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 daughter, apostle, pastor, Cher Winkley. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's so good to see you and good to be on. And thank all of you that have joined and shared. We appreciate your presence. It's really great to have you. Now you're coming out of Texas, Dallas, Texas. What's going on in Dallas, Texas pandemic style? Well, uh, there have been a lot of, uh, I, I'll be honest, I, I want to say there, there's been a lot of ambiguity around uh, numbers and um, what the stipu stipulations are, what that what the new norm looks like for some people. Yeah. Um, but we have been at a steady pace. And um, with today being the National Day of Prayer, prayerfully believers all over the world have spent some time before the Father um, in Dallas and your city in Pittsburgh. And yeah, those for sure. Spend some time before the Father. So we're just trying to find out what this new norm looks like and be pleasing to the Lord as we adjust. So, yeah, that sums it up for all of us, I'm sure. Yeah. Now, you know, I brought you in so I could really pump you and let you just <laughs> empty out to this global community. Uh, you are an apostle, you are a pastor. Uh, and you have heard from the Lord regarding this particular topic called reset. This is not something that's just going around with uh, Annette or Chuck Pierce. You too have heard that the church is being positioned in a reset. Tell us what you've heard and what the Lord is saying. Well, you know, I, I believe that oftentimes, and, and you'll find this, I'm sure for those of you that are watching, uh, that you have at some point read this, I, I pray that you have, have at some point read this or found this in the word of the Lord, that God uses um, people and things to alarm the body of Christ in terms of what pleases him, um, in terms of transition um, into the direction that he desires for us to go. And I That's think good. at large that the uh, body of Christ, if we're in tune, you know, yeah, there yeah. are many things that we could uh, gravitate to. We have the news that um, there's there's so much conflict there that you don't yeah, know really cool. what to believe. 
um, social media, you know, there's there's a new post or a new article or, you know, some type of new opinion about what things are going on. And then there's the reality, um, right. you know, that people are passing away and transitioning and people are losing their jobs, that it has affected the economy. However, um, mm -hmm. the Lord is consistent in who he is and what he says. And I think that in lieu of all of that, that he um, is drawing us back to him. Um, in terms of our relationship and just resetting us there and yeah. resetting and reigniting what he's deposited in us so that we can make a proper deposit in the earth. Wow. Um, let's get so, to that. Yes. Yeah, so I really believe that um, that's what I've been praying for today and period as we've been quarantined, that we would return back to right relationship with Christ um, and really seek him in the way he ought be sought and and use what God has given us to make a kingdom impact um, in the earth. So. So you said return. How much of this do you think is a 360 and what is a 180? What 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 do our percentages look like? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I uh, I think that it depends on um, it, it depends on where we find ourselves. I would say at large, I was reading uh, for those of you who may not know, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of reading the word of the Lord. And so every day I encourage people to read what I call the daily Bible reading. And a couple of days ago um, in the book of Ezra, Ezra was about to rebuild the temple and yeah. this new um, temple, this this um, idea and art of restoration. Mm -hmm. um, Ezra, who was not the one um, that, that had the fault per se, he was not an idol worshiper. As he approached God, he said, forgive us. Yes. Give us, free That's us, good. free for us. So he did not exclude himself from the body of Christ. And I think that as we look at what is necessary um, that pleases God, repentance pleases God. So Absolutely. somebody else uh, may have failed publicly or may have their, they may be aloof from God um, in their relationship. When we approach God, we are to approach God as a body and seek deliverance for all of us. Wow. For all of us, seek restoration for all of us. Yes. And so whether that be a 360 for some or a 180 for some, the bottom line is, is that we are all a part of the body of Christ. And so when we approach God, we should approach God from that reality that no matter where we are, we'll never be where we should be until we see him. <laughs> right. Him. right. So if that's the case, then everything about me needs to be consistently transformed into the likeness of Christ until I see him. Well, you brought up a very, very good point. And let's look at this, this whole spectrum that we see ourselves and others on. Mm -hmm. I know that you're in the reset and, and you stay in that, that groove because you said holistically as a body, that is one of the aspects of the reset. Can we get back to the entire body that if my sister or my brother's not where they need to be, then how could I say I've arrived? Right, right. Uh, if I say I'm a teacher, how can I not develop them through what I have, knowing that there are persons in varied sects? So that was, that was perfect. And that's the reset, unity, one accord, one body. But, you know, I think that and, and on a more practical sense, um, what I think this pandemic has done in terms of in the body of Christ mm -hmm. is the mouthpieces of God. And I like to um, sort of couple all of our role and responsibility in terms of bishops, apostles, evangelists, pastors, teach. We are all mouthpieces of God in terms Good. of we speak on his behalf. Yeah. And so when you look at that, there is this there has become this innate 
desire to compete, you know, this this um, comparison and competitiveness and trying to propel ourselves over somebody else or right. we God clearer than the next person or we're doing something that nobody else is doing. Right. So what the pandemic has done as it has put us all the same plane, <laughs> put us in a sense where unity is concerned. The Bible says, yes. brethren, um, I, I employ you to endeavor to maintain the unity. That means to work hard at it. It yeah. means that there four, are three, yeah. Hey, you're going to have to do what's necessary to um, protect and procure what God wow. gives. Wow. Um, so I think that this sort of just causes us to look at each other and realize, number one, we need each other. Mm -hmm. Like Paul said, let not the hand say to the foot, I have no need of you. Yes, um, yes, yes. Number two, um, no, no person is greater than the other. We all may have different platforms and different audiences, but the bottom line is, is that we all have an assignment. Absolutely. So it, it eliminates, I believe, that um, idea and that reality of competition to where yes. we really become unified in one body. That's perfect. That's perfect. And I hope someone's writing that. Let's make sure that we have our scribes going that she said to protect and procure or something like that. That certainly piqued my interest. Uh, you know, I love that, that type of talk. Yeah. Uh, and and it just goes right into, hi, let me just say hello to some people. Yes, yes, yes. Elise Common, she said she wrote Common. Um, we have prophetess Deandra King. She said, um, yeah. Brenda Williams said, oh, yes. So they are agreeing with you. You awesome. don't have any awesome. any strife with what you've said. Let's dig into your topic uh, as we purposely assigned our interviewees, which with what I felt you most carry in the body of Christ. Now, you are apostolic, you're prophetic, you're a teacher, you're. But when I hear you speak, I hear that word and the love for the logos. Mm -hmm. and us needing to be connected to the Logos. So let's get right into our questions and you can answer okay. based upon your topic. And I wish I had a little dun dun dun, dun music because it would be perfect. <laughs> Apostle Shere Wesley's topic, dun 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 dun. Get in your word or lose your soul. And yeah. I know that's your type of thought process. So here's our first question. Uh, what do you believe is the revelation uh, that people need to get regarding the word of God in this season? What's what's the revelation, the awakening that's needed regarding the written word? Well, you know, I believe that somehow um, the word of the Lord has become secondary to other things that seem spiritual. Right. Um, you know, it, it is that, um, and I don't think that it's intentional. I, I don't think that, you know, believers intentionally um, use the word of the Lord as a safety net or as a scapegoat, but we somehow, um, sometimes we approach the word of God as such, you know, Absolutely. we study when it's time to preach or when we have to deliver, or we, we, uh, um, we pick it up when it's time for us to get a word or, you know, when we have to share a word with somebody else, it is, it has become secondary. It reminds me of, um, when, uh, Joash had become King and and the Bible says that Hilkaniah, which was one of the priests, had found the word of the law hidden in the temple. Mm -hmm. And so it, it it it's almost as if the word of God. We know it's um, important. We know that we're supposed to live by it. We know that we're supposed to know what is in it. But it has become secondary. And mm -hmm. I think that one of the things that the body of Christ has to understand um, that the word of the Lord is what's forever settled in heaven. Um, That's good. You know, I, 
I say this all of the time to my church and other people that I communicate with. There won't be any preaching uh, where we are going. There will not be, <laughs> there won't be praise and worship. There won't be Facebook. There won't be any Facebook streaming, social media lives. There will not be what we enjoy and what we have created for our comfort where church is concerned, but there will be the manifestation of what we have pushed aside. Wow. Or wow, wow. Made secondary. And so we've got to be mindful of how important it is for us to not casually approach scripture. Yeah. Um, but make it our life. And I say this all of the time that the word of the Lord is life. The Bible yes. says it that the word of God is spirit and is life. And that's what it has to become for the body of Christ at large. See, you say that practically, but in my heart, when I hear it, the word is alive. It's it, mm -hmm. it breathes, it moves immediately mm -hmm. when you tell somebody like me uh that that means if I ingest it, there is going to be a happening in right. me. Right. That when I hear it, it does something within my soul and spirit. And so how are we living uh, abstract from that of uh, that word alive? What's 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 going on? So what do we need in this pandemic? Uh, a renewal, an awakening, a slap in the head? Well, I think all three. <laughs> OK, I'm good with that. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, you know, as you were talking, I thought about um, I thought about Mary and Elizabeth and how um, the Bible says when Mary went to the house. Now, mind you, she had not seen Elizabeth. She just entered into the house. Right, ma'am. Uh -uh, don't do this. Don't <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, an encounter is going to happen. Yes, yes, yes. She just entered into the she house. Just she had not seen Elizabeth yet. She just enters into the house. But because of what she's carrying, what is inside Elizabeth leaps. And I think that's important for us to know that, as you said, that the word of God is so powerful, so potent to quicken what is in somebody else, quicken for life, quicken for repentance, quicken for change, quicken for encouragement, whatever it is. We've got to be willing to, and, and in lieu of that particular text, say to Christ and to the spirit of God, I may not know how, but I know it is. Whoa. So whatever you say, let it be unto me. And I think that that's, that is what is necessary for the body of Christ that no, we may not have read the Bible before. No, it may not be our practical routine to get in it every day. No, no, we may not understand everything that comes across alive or comes across yeah. the pulpit. However, let it be unto me as according mm -hmm. to your word. And when the spirit of the Lord deposits in you what is of him, when you enter into a place in the spirit realm and even in the natural, in the it natural. will cause a quickening. It will cause a quickening. But we've got to question ourselves. What are we carrying? That's wow. the question. The question is, wow. what? What are we carrying? Is it a yesteryear experience? Is it um, our remembrance of old? What are we carrying? Because the word of God is not is life, not my experience of it. Don't uh, not how I experience it, but the word of God. But the it, word of God period. itself. Oh God! Not my interpretation of the Word of God, word. and so when I allow, when I ingest it, whether I understand it or not, whether I, you know, get some major revelation or not, when I pour into myself what is of Him, it will quicken. He'll do the work. And her cash app is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? We don't hear from Bible teachers anymore. You know, everybody wants the prophetic or the apostolic. Yeah. But I've always learned under good teaching. Always. I was always able to grasp the logos 
under a good teacher. Number one, it's because what you exuded, and we're going to need more of this, is that sense of I am connected to the word. I'm not apart, apart from it. Mm-hmm. That you can tell when you speak, it's already done something in you. And so it may have just said, be it unto me to someone else, but something leaped in my spirit when you said it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the power of that word. That, that's what it does. Yes, it and people who are passionate. So just give us one point in this post-pandemic strategy, something comprehensive that the members, leaders, church at large can apply as it relates to the Logos, the word of God. You probably already did. And we have people that are telling it, oh yeah, whoa, yes, what we're carrying. Wow, that was God. Whew. So one more comprehension. <laughs> comprehensive, uh, straight to the point that we can do post-pandemic? Well, um, okay. So you said one straight to the point. Um, (laughs) So when you, you know, I've been repeating this over and over again, just because I feel like this is where the body of Christ is. The Bible said that Elijah was on the mountain and um, Elijah has all of these elements around him, right? He has the uh, fire, he has the wind, he has the earthquake. And I think that when you look at what is happening around us, there are so many things that we're trying to gravitate to, yeah. so many things that we're trying to hold on to. Even now, um, this new um, death that has happened where this African-American man has been gunned down by two Caucasian men with no justice at all. So there are many things that we um, that is getting our attention. and. True. Bible says that it is the still small voice of the Lord um, that it, that He responds to, and I think that from a practical standpoint, that we've got to amid all of these things that are around us, we've got to get to a place to where our ear, the ear of our spirit, not just these, but the ear of our spirit, is um, in tune enough to hear amid what's going on and to respond to what we. Hear. Because um, I, it, it's easy for me to respond in fear based upon what's going on around us. Right. Trying to um, trying to get acclimated and get adjusted to this new pandemic and those new norms and what that looks like and feels like for the church and my family and my finances and all of those things that we practically have to make right. adjustments. That's for. that's true. That's true. But the bottom line is, can I hear God enough? Can I hear Him enough to respond? to him. And I think that, again, as you said, practically, that we've got to know that the word of God is Christ Jesus himself. And I've got to be able to run to it as if he is my life and respond to it as if it is the same. Because we teach in some of our prophetic uh, mm-hmm. lessons that that W is a capital W. It's a pronoun. pronoun. So when you said run to it, I'm not running to the the technology of it or right, the hard copy. Right, right. It is my access to him. Right, don't right. make me make my hands do that because that. Listen, go ahead. Let me sit I on my hands. <laughs> Whoa! Because when I run to that word, it becomes exactly what it said it would be. Mm-hmm. It is my shelter. It is my protection, mm-hmm. and I do sense him. So let's write that down. Uh, Chad said, "Good stuff, Pastor. Share your brother. Of course, Apostle Victoria is with us. She said, "Good as well." So let's run to the word. Please go right ahead. I, I want to give um, scripture to that. The Bible says, I Revelation. Knew you would. Yeah. <laughs> the 
The Bible says in Revelation chapter 19, verse 13. And for those of you that are watching, if you'd like to type that for others that may see it at a later time. Absolutely. Revelation 19, 13 says, and his name is the word of God. Revelation 19 is talking about Christ on the white horse. And it closes with that segment acknowledging that the word of God then is not just a book. Right. That the word of God is not just pages right. or, chapters or chapters. That particular verse lets the body of Christ know the word of God is Jesus Christ himself. And so when we when we understand that, when, when we realize this is not just something I'm preaching out of for those of us that have to carry the gospel, that this is not just something I'm studying out of. And this is I'm not using this as a secondary, um, uh, you know, platform Ooh, resource. Yeah, yeah. yeah or to give a word, I it, this is who Jesus Christ is, that it will make me run so that I can have a relationship with him. It'll make me run after him. As David said, grope after him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I realize it's who Jesus is. Okay, I'm getting ready to throw you a curve bar. bar. Okay. Oh, excuse me, because my mind is like, would it be too difficult and too um, uh, critical to say that pre-postdemic, preaching steered away from the person himself who is Jesus in the word and begin to take on more of a um, marketing concept, a psychological concept where it's you, 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 and what is better marketed versus good old fashioned Bible teaching, because that's how we gain relationship with Jesus Christ. So if we erred in that and moved away from Jesus being our pattern, uh, what do you see in post pandemic to get Jesus back to the Logos where he makes it come alive and we have ran to him? Yeah. What, what does that look uh, like? So answering your first question, I do think that um, that the church at, at large, and, and I'm not, I don't wanna isolate and group us all in one, but I don't want to separate myself from the body. Yeah, so I think that the church at large has gotten away from preaching the word of God as it is. And part of that, part of that, I firmly believe is because we don't know it. We, we, we know what we have learned of it in terms of traditions. Sure. We, what we have heard, we know in part yes. what we have read and what we have studied, but holistically, uh, we don't really know what's in it and how it, um, um, supports one another and how it reveals and how yeah. we it. And so I think that when you don't know a thing uh, as you ought, you you then lean toward what the people know. You you lean toward whoa. the sensation. Whoa. Whoa. Is that Did somebody get that? Uh, Anika, I'm going to need for you to get that. Okay, let's, let's, let's see. Now you just dug up something. And this yeah. is what these conversations should do. And so my husband one time said, I'm pointing like everybody knows he's there, but he is fixing dinner, uh, right? My husband one time said, oh yeah, that pastor would address that topic that way because he's a secular pastor or of the world pastor. And I pondered like, who is a of the world pastor? And as he, as he extended more conversation on that, mm-hmm. it is a type of person who relates to the world so that they can bring that relatability to the secular thought 
thinking church. Oh God, I hope. So, so when he would say, um, these hoes aren't loyal, you know, the, the first row of our church would have passed out. Yeah. But others stood up like, because yeah. the secular aspect of their lives is more prevalent sometimes than knowing that logos. Well, I, I, you know, look at your face. Um, I, I think that I have to go back to what I just said, that if, if this, and I'm pointing cause it's right here, yes, if, ma'am. If this is not, um, potent enough for me. If it does not transform me, if it does not instruct and direct, the Bible says that all scripture is for doctrine, for instruction, for reproof, for truth. If it doesn't do those things for me, then I am not. And I posted this on my Facebook page today. Prayer is designed to change you first. And then you then change things. And we always say prayer changes things. Prayer changes you first. And so if the word of the Lord does not change me, if it does not convert and transform me, then again, I I gravitate to as a mouthpiece of God, what the people want to hear, you know, because I have to, I have to be relatable and I have to be accepted and I have to, you know, we have to make sure that people feel good when they leave the house of God and oh, so-and-so preach, but they can't live on Monday morning. And so it's important for us to draw close to the word of the Lord so that we can teach what we hope people will see when they get to heaven. Let us all just take a uh, sailor right here because if it doesn't change me, if it doesn't excite me, then every other news media uh, song, Right. If that's what my inspiration is drawn from. Man, you said something there. Can someone please recap this? Lord, have mercy, Jesus. If yeah. I don't have that transformative, that transformative moment when right. reading the word, I will always look for other resources and then spew that. And that's all right. the people end up hanging on. So you've given us a very comprehensive principle that if that word did not motivate, move, chase and check, reprove, right, as right. It says, then that's one of the errors we need to correct post-pandemic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we we've we've got to, you know, it's it's <laughs> The Bible says that the word of God, as I stated before, is forever settled in heaven, that the grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of the Lord will not. And we've got to make sure that it becomes that for me, that as as a mouthpiece of God, whatever your office is, whatever God has deposited in you, that for those of you that are watching, and even if you don't have the platform, you're still a believer. Yes, come on. A mission to make disciples as you are a disciple of Christ. And so we need weapons that are spiritual and that are not carnal, right? We need weapons because we are in a a spiritual battle that is so far beyond what our eyes can see. And even though we have some things that are happening in the earth that we do see in lieu of COVID-19 and in lieu of racial inequality and those things that we can pinpoint, the reality is, is that there is something going on in the spirit realm right now that we can't see right now. The only thing that is going to combat what comes against who Christ is, is the thing that we push to the side. And that is the word of the Lord. We've got to, as believers, this has to become, there was someone that raised a question the other day, um, which one, and, and some of you may have some complexities about what I'm about to say, but which one is more important, prayer or the word of God? And my response was, 
prayer and the word of God is equal in terms of our necessity where a believer is concerned. I believe However, that. However, prayer is not manifested in heaven right now. What is manifested in heaven is the word of God. Settled. Prayer gives me the opportunity to unite in spirit. Sure. sure. God is. But when you talk about what is most important, um, what is most important for believers is who Christ is and who is Christ, according to Revelation 19, 13, is the word of God. It's the word of God. He is the word of God. God in the, 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 the beginning was the right. word. The word was wow. with God and the word was God. And so right. believers ought to be careful not to keep pushing this to the side. Wow. We don't need it or using it only when we need it. We have to get to the place to where it becomes paramount in our lives. Please write that down, somebody, and let us all make a dedication to getting back to that word, that it is life-changing, it will sustain us, it is applicable, it is relevant. Come on, everybody, let's let's change our thought process on this, and let's leave some of that, because you can get hyped over the word. I feel pretty hyped right now myself just talking about it. Uh, it's not like it's not good. Right, you know right. what I mean? It is life. Let's go on to another question so that we can get everything out of you that we need to. And I come against whatever's tickling your eyeball. Yeah, <laughs> right. So let's look at this. How will it better stabilize people during this? I called it a, a tribulation. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's the tribulation, mm -hmm. but come on, teacher, tell us how it's stabilized. How will it literally fasten us? Uh, to not be those who are now being tossed to and fro? Well, you know, the first thing that comes to mind um, is Matthew chapter four, Luke chapter four, when Jesus is in the wilderness, the Bible says he's dropped in the wilderness by the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. You that are watching, if you want to type Matthew four, Luke four, he's dropped in the wilderness by the spirit of God. And he is tempted um, by Satan with natural tendencies, right? Jesus has been fasting for 40 days. So of That's course, right. hungry. Um, he has come to uh, seek and save those that are lost. So of course he wants people to know who he is. And Satan tempts him on those very things. He tempts him on eating, uh, turn the stone into bread. He tempts him on, you know, I, I have the father has given me everything. Um, I have everything in terms of this earth realm and I can give it to you. All you need to do is worship. He then tempts right. him and encourages him to jump off uh, the cliff. Let everybody know who you are. But Jesus's response consistently, consistently, consistent response is that it is written. It is written. Now, by the time we see Jesus in the wilderness, as he has met, uh, as he has had this encounter with Satan, he is 30 years old, which means that right. he had to uh, practically go through becoming a young man, which also means that he had to read the word of the Lord. He had to read the Torah. To know it. Yes. He had to know this. So in order for us to defeat Satan, in order for us to defeat our own internal woes, in order for us to defeat those moments where we feel discouraged or where we feel downtrodden or where we don't have clarity about what God is doing, whatever those things are, you have to be able to say, even if it doesn't come out of your mouth in the moment, at least in your spirit, what is written. What is written? And in order for me to say what is written, I have to know what is written. Because here's the thing. When Satan approached Jesus, he says, why don't you just jump? And this is just from a practical standpoint. You can read it sure. on your own. But why don't you just jump? The um, the Bible says that the, the angels will give charge of you. Satan knows the Bible. Yeah, he does. He, could, he quoted it. Right. He, he knows the word of God. And, and we cannot be tripped up by what 
sounds like God, but is not him. Because what Satan did quote in that particular text was not the whole verse. Exactly. Right? exactly. You gotta be mindful of what could potentially sound like God, but is not holistically him. And the only way that I will know that is that I've got to be able to be in it enough to say it is written, whether it's out of my mouth or in my spirit. Well, you just you just tied that all the way to Genesis, something that we teach often as women in ministry. Mm -hmm. The reason why Eve was the prey was because the instructions did not come to her. Yeah. And so she heard the instructions of God by way of hearsay or right. by communication with Adam, not knowing what he left off. So it was easy for the game to be played on her. Is that what God said? Right. Right. So she right. could not say, yes, it was written on blah, 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 because she only heard part and partial. The commandment and the word was given to Adam. Now we'd have gone all the way from the garden to. <laughs> but, but you know what? Even in that. Eve, the Bible says that she saw that it was good for food. So she saw that it was, um, that she had a desire for it. So you can culminate that with by saying that it was the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And so we have to then ask ourselves, what deviates us from um, turning away from what we do know, whether it's this much or this much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What causes us to say, no, God, let me go off of what I think, what I know, what I feel. It is it is what we fix our eyes on. It is what's fixated in our heart. And this is why just in lieu of this topic, our soul has has to be submerged Come in, on, the, man. Word of God, in the word of, Lord, of the Lord. Jesus didn't come to save my body and he didn't come oh. to save my spirit. He came to save my soul. Why? Because my soul houses my mind, my will and my emotions. And if I can fix my eyes, fix my heart, fix my affection, fix my emotions, fix my desire on who God is, then something this small won't, won't turn me to the left nor to the right. Absolutely. Something this big won't trip me up because I'll be in tune with who God is. Wow. And something this big for our time now really is pandemic. Right, right. And Absolutely. we really are seeing people not only be swayed, tripped, uh, falling they are in need of the word so that's why you brought you you allowed me to reconnect that thought where is the 360 the 180 well wherever you are turn right. to that word wherever you are uh and do it now listen we're already up to 35 minutes i didn't want to press you too long um i just want them to be able to go to your page if you want to carry this thought process out please by all means host a live in your very busy day let us hear more. We, we want to provoke you uh, to say more. Let's close with this. Your final thoughts on post-pandemic and the church and how the church is responsible to build men's souls through the word of God. You take it from there and close us out. You know, um, Bible says in Matthew 18 that um, God has given us um, the keys to the kingdom. Matthew 16, Matthew 18 says, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Believer, those of you that are watching, whatsoever mm -hmm. you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He's talking to the church. He's talking yes. to the body of Christ. He's talking to you and I. What that lets me know is that the church, the body of Christ, believers have the authority to shift what's going on in heaven and earth at the same time. That when I declare a thing, when I speak a thing, when I intercede, when I pray, when I sit before the Lord and the Lord speaks to me and, and I am submerged with his spirit and with his word. Mm -hmm that whatsoever I bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. 
Whatsoever I loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so I believe that at the end of this, or as we are, who knows what COVID-19, who knows when this will end, who knows when things are going to turn around and we go back to some form of normalcy, whatever that may mean. Um, But what is permanent and what is fixated and what is settled is the authority that the body of Christ has. Amen. Unless we get so involved in what's going on. And by right, as you said, people are hurting and it breaks my heart to see people transitioning. Um, People are grieving. People have lost their jobs. There is a financial tumult. All of those things are realistic. And to say that the church has authority is not to negate those things that are real. Yeah. It's to bring us back to the reality of the fact that Christ has given us something that we did not earn. And if we be honest, we have not properly used. But if we get to the place to where we use the keys, if we get to the place to where we intercede, we declare, we we declare revival, we declare harvest, we declare a return, we declare repentance, we declare a release and use the authority that we have. Not only will we shift heaven, but we'll shift earth at the same time. And that's the authority of the church. And so I just want to encourage all of you that as you are praying, as you are seeking the face of the Lord, as you're spending time in prayer, as you're reading things on social media and watching things on the news, don't forget who you are. Yeah, yeah. The body of Christ. You are the church. You are not to get so emotionally entangled and going on around you because Christ has come to save that from the woes of the world. And he wants to use that to enforce his kingdom in the earth. Well, there you have it, uh, men and women of God. This is exactly what we need to hear. We need to hear strong word. We need to hear people that are connected uh, spiritually, uh, uh, revelationally. Uh, <laughs> we need to we need to hear from people that number one are saved, like for real, are not straddling the fence and are not caught up so much in what's going on in the earth because they have already proven the word to navigate them through everything and anything. That's what I love about Apostle Pastor Cher. That word has navigated her through life and it has brought her victory. That's what we most want for you, post-pandemic. And so please make sure you listen to this live again. Get all of the points that you need. Don't let other people scribe for you. Write down those scriptures and start your study right there. She's basically given us a great Bible lesson that we can go to when we're done with this interview. Apostle Pastor, thank you so much. We love you dearly. I trust everything in you. You are God's child for real. And all the way from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, we bless you there in Dallas. Stay safe, stay strong, and we'll be hearing from you real soon. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Love you all. And I appreciate you for having me. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you everyone for joining us too. And we have another show coming up. I think next Saturday or this Saturday, we have someone coming up that wants to talk to you about the powers of nations in the earth against the United States. Things that we're not watching again, because we're so narrowed into this pandemic, but definitely some things you need to know through Robin White. She is an intercessor. She is a teacher. She is a a principal by profession. You'll want to hear from her. So stay tuned. I'll give you the information on live with Apostle Annette. God bless.